chapter forty one of order number eleven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org order number eleven by caroline abbott stanley chapter forty one confirmation strong colonel trevilian did not go as a prison guard before the morning came he was burning with fever and racked with pain the exposure of the day before had been too much for him it is pneumonia the doctor said briefly and they fought for his life on the sixth day he said the crisis is past he will live but mrs trevilian yes doctor he ought not to think of work for months this will leave him very feeble they were having a consultation in the room adjoining the one in which the patient lay virginia sat on the bed for want of a chair the doctor had the far-seeing eyes of a sympathetic physician and all of his opportunities for observation the straits of the family had not escaped his notice though they were never obtruded upon him miss virginia he said abruptly looking up from the pills he was rolling out on the reverse side of a plate could you teach yes sir dr mayo looked at her keenly have you ever taught no sir how do you know you can then people can always do what they have to do she answered i want to teach i know a school that wants a teacher where she asked eagerly about seven miles from here could i get it i think so they asked me to look out for them but it is a country school i wouldn't care for that i'm a country girl he had forgotten that people always forgot it they don't pay much you would have to hunt up your scholars and take your chances about collecting it wouldn't pay you more than twenty dollars a month probably twenty dollars a month seemed a small fortune to her just then i'd hunt up the scholars they say there are some pretty hard boys in the school he seemed determined to discourage her the last teacher was turned out i reckon you'd better think it over dr mayo she said i would take them if they were comanche indians i reckon you will be able to hold them how soon could you go to-day he looked at her with a new interest she was plucky certainly and you raised in the lap of luxury he said and southern women supposed to be drones added miss nannie sometimes they seem to be queen bees he remarked without looking up from the roll he was chopping into little pieces to be moulded into spheres and sometimes they are just plain workers said virginia or want to be virginia dear do you think you had better try it it seemed a great undertaking to mrs trevilian for a girl to go out into the world to earn a living the women she had known had been used to work but they led sheltered lives at home while doing it i'm not going to try it virginia said i'm going to do it her mother looked at her wistfully she hardly knew her daughter these days it was easily arranged dr mayo took her out and helped her make up her school he knew she needed the place and then he liked her spirit he promised to call for her friday afternoon he would be out in that neighborhood he said and it would be on his way he was a friend of the family and virginia was overwhelmed with his fatherly goodness if ever work was a boon and it has been to countless millions who have never recognized it as such it was to virginia trevilian just then it was more than food and raiment for a needy body it was healing for a sick soul ah work is god's best gift to suffering humanity the primal curse in the sweat of thy brow shalt thou eat bread has been transmuted by the divine touch into blessing but mrs trevilian was right virginia was not the same 
light-hearted girl that had reigned queen of the prairie she was not the brave one that had heartened them all in the days when they had gone forth not knowing whither they went she was cheery yet when anybody was by she was determined still but it seemed as if something within her had died what was it faith or hope or love not love surely she was too young for that her pulses were too bounding not hope no no hope is the very last to leave us all else may go but hope remains could it be faith god forbid whatever it was it had come like a stroke virginia had gone downtown for the mail one day a few weeks after they reached jefferson city she had come back with a letter from molly driscoll and gone off in light mood to read it mr driscoll had gone in to the nearest military post near enough to get occasional news from the old neighborhood virginia stayed a long time over the letter when she came in she smiled as usual at her mother jested with miss nanny and stroked her father's gray head but it seemed to her mother's keen eyes that from that hour a part of her was gone in truth no matter what she said or did there was ever before her eyes a fragment of molly's letter you know that chandler girl well they say it was the rest of it that was burned into her brain she read molly's letter over till she knew it by heart there are degrees of guilt among scandal-mongers molly would never have originated the story she retailed but she passed it on eagerly without a thought of verification first and when it came to results the difference between the two was infinitesimal virginia had not heard from gordon for weeks she supposed rightly that it was because he did not know where they were and she did not know where to reach him war made everything so uncertain she had tried hard to keep her trust she had spurned the base accusation of emmons baird as she had spurned him she had borne up against a weight of evidence but with this letter she began to feel that it would crush her down yet the girl had been spirited away somewhere molly said she was sitting listlessly one day in a doorway opening into the back yard in the next room she heard her father say to her mother i heard something to-day that troubles me it is about gordon virginia sat motionless every sense alert every muscle tense miss nanny had gone downtown and they thought virginia was with her it was the story told by the male gossip which had drifted down the country it had not lost in transit but the main features were correct there was a beautiful golden-haired woman a child over whom she wept and gordon taking her to a place of safety with less foundation a withering blight has fallen upon many a reputation and laid it low do you think that virginia the girl stepped softly out upon the grass and they finished their talk alone how glad she was she had never told them they might conjecture all they wanted to but they did not know it might have been better if they had known for as she strayed aimlessly about the yard and garden with wretched face and eyes that hardly saw where she was going colonel trevilian was saying to his wife by the eternal if i thought he was anything to virginia i would search him out and make him tell me i hardly think there is anything between them she said i used to feel almost certain that they loved each other but for a year or more she has seemed rather indifferent about him i should hate for her to know anything about it until the story is actually verified yes he said it is a great pity for young girls to know such things even if they exist and of course if there is nothing between them it would be an impertinence for me to write to him my poor old friend i am glad he was under the sod before this came miss nanny and virginia were sitting one day sewing it was a dress for old aunt sylvie and miss nanny was singing the two ladies sang a good deal in those days mostly hymns that breathed of trust for their hearts needed strengthening thus far the lord has led me on to the tune of hebron 
was mrs trevilian's though she often sang softly sometimes a light surprises dwelling most on the lines and he who feeds the ravens will give his children bread to-day miss nannie was particularly downcast so she sang lighter things snatches of old ballads and plays and serenades they brought back grand prairie days and almost unconsciously she drifted into the swaying rhythmical flow of o oh, sister phoebe how merry were we when we sat under the juniper tree the juniper tree high o oh, high o oh, the juniper tree high o oh the ease with which a voice the note of a song the odor of a flower can cut the cords of time and space and let our souls free seems almost like a hint of powers supernal we were here we are there it has taken but a moment but time is obliterated miss nanny was feeling this a little there was a quaver in her voice now and then as long vanished ones swung into view but virginia ah virginia was under the sweet honeysuckle its fragrance enveloped her a deep voice was thrilling in ear and heart and she had trusted him so aunt nan don't sing that please miss nanny stopped but did not question they were very merciful they knew she was hurt but they did not probe for the ball it was soon after this that virginia had an invitation to go over to fulton about twenty-five miles away to visit the daughter of an old friend of her mother's she was not very anxious to make the visit as they were comparative strangers to her but her mother thought it would do her good and she went not so much to visit sadie lawler as to get away from herself and the ghosts that walked one day they were driving through the grounds of the state lunatic asylum which was located at fulton and was one of the lions to be exhibited a number of the patients were out for their afternoon walk a dreary sight at best and this was a woebegone lot virginia could not bear to look at them suddenly an exclamation fell from sadie's lips oh virginia look at that pretty girl virginia turned toward them like a june rose among blasted plants was a fair-haired girl who looked at them with unseeing eyes she had a rag baby pressed to her breast it seemed to virginia that her breath would stop something seemed to be holding her throat sadie that looks like a girl i know i wish we could find out something about her what do you want to know i'll ask annie abbott about her her father is one of the physicians there now find out her name and where she is from and who brought her here said virginia feeling her cheeks flush the next day sadie reported she had seen annie in the meantime her name is chandler and she is from the western part of the state somewhere annie says it is an awfully sad story she thinks the doll is her real child the one she lost and she dresses and undresses it and puts it to bed isn't it pitiful i don't think she can be older than we are pitiful oh there are no words that can sadie what did she tell you who brought her here who supports her oh yes i forgot that it was a young federal officer annie says a lieutenant lay she said there seemed to be something rather mysterious about the case he wanted her received under some other name than her own annie didn't remember what it was but dr smith wouldn't do it virginia did not reply the hand was clutching her throat again a day or two after she got home virginia went down for the mail she liked to have the first handling of it two letters were handed to her one for herself and one in the same writing for her father she knew what that one was gordon had written her in his last letter that it was time now they were told 
she held the letters in her hand and looked at them it seemed as if her gaze might almost burn through the paper and consume its contents this one would ask her father in courteous phrase for his daughter promising to love cherish and be true to her and this one would be filled with all the sweet assurances she had loved to hear and longed for and trusted poor fool a sudden anger possessed her an unreasoning jealous fury that would brook no explanation no delay some envelopes please large size she was saying at the stationer's counter across the room she put the letters in them unopened addressed them in a hand that did not falter placed the stamps with scrupulous exactness and dropped them in then she went home and wept as only a woman can with the ruins of her life about her looked at dispassionately what was the motive that actuated her impulse nay verily her act was the logical outcome of her life and training she had been reared in a strict school of morals by a father who impressed upon her in a crisis of her life that character was above all by a mother who would overthrow cherished plans to guard the virtue of a negro servant in a religious faith which maligned and misrepresented as it has been and charged with all that is stern and forbidding has yet unchallenged in its favour that it makes chaste men and women the girl's whole soul was in revolt every instinct of her pure woman's nature cried out against the wrong that had been done the wrong to her as well as to the other and from her decision there would not be the shadow of turning when mrs trevilian and miss nanny got home from the female prayer-meeting she was lying still with a wet cloth over her eyes it was only a headache she said almost any girl can have a headache when her eyes need to be hidden they did not know it but there had been a funeral that day a beautiful form had been laid low and a tomb raised over it on the stone was graven here lies faith End of chapter forty one